Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is July 20th. It is the Fightful post-Raw podcast. We are joined by Denise Salcedo, who has taken a busy, or taken time out of her busy schedule these days. You are on everything right now. Hollywood Salcedo is making the rounds. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm making the rounds right now. <laughs> I think you might be like Sussex Salcedo. Salcedo. There we go. Salcedo. Sussex Salcedo. Because you're like you're the British celebrity now. You're on all the Wrestle Talk stuff these days. I know, but I was so sad though because some people were like saying mean things. They were like, "We don't like this American girl with the LA Valley girl voice." And I was like, <laughs> "I can't help it, guys." Oh, but it was it. kind of funny though because I was like, "Well, I am from LA, so chances yeah. are I'm gonna talk a certain way." But I just thought it was funny. It was really fun to go out there and do that. I ended up getting over 700 new YouTube subscribers after that. Nice. So I'm like, I'm just like really over the moon over that. Well, yeah, and make sure you guys subscribe over there. Make sure you guys subscribe here if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. All that good stuff really helps us. Leaving comments helps us. Sharing the videos helps us. I want to thank you guys. Over 30,000 people have watched the EC3 interview. Just watched, not even including all the audio downloads it did. It is now our second most downloaded uh, interview ever, only behind John Moxley. I want to thank you guys so much. Uh, he's a guy that I talk to quite a bit, so it will be a person that you'll probably see me interview more along the way. But if you're watching live on YouTube, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your statement or uh, question read on the air, and it goes directly to paying that fightful payroll so we can bring you the scoops, we can bring you the news. Anakin JMT says, hashtag DWO. Oh, yeah, that's still a thing. Denise, world order. I'm invading. I'm invading Fightful. I'm invading Wrestle Talk. I just need to have an actual, an actual somebody else to join me, though. Yes, yes. I, I wonder who would join you. I 
don't know. I'll, I'll put your out grandma for one. Your grandma yeah, for one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, she was so charismatic. She just came on and like, and Luke pointed her out. And at first, like, I wasn't sure if she was gonna like say or do anything. She just looks at the camera and like throws a peace sign, <laughs> like natural. And I was like, wow, grandma, check it out. I love it. I love it. Uh, so Anakin JMT, very important super chat. He says, big thank you to everyone who has donated for the GoFundMe for Wild Boy. We're at over 1400 Still time to donate if you haven't. You all rock. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, one of our mods, one of our good friends, Wild Boy, lost his mother yesterday. Um, quite frankly, I don't know how to put it into words, but this man has had the toughest year I've ever seen somebody have in losing family members, losing work, a lot of that stuff. And he is the best kind of person. He is a wonderful person. I have his GoFundMe pinned at the top of my Twitter, at Sean Rossap, and I'm actually going to retweet it again right now. Please donate if you can. Um, I would really appreciate that. I would consider it a personal favor. He is a great dude. Uh, we're, we're trying to help him out with some, some medical expenses and funeral costs and things like that. Please consider uh, giving to this guy because uh, if you were in the same situation, he would likely do the same thing for you. Oh, man, it is it is a bummer, and we got to talk about Raw to follow that up. My God. And we got to talk about Aleister Black losing his first match on the main roster, his first honest-to-God one-on-one match. Denise, do you have any idea how much this upset me? No, how much did it upset you? A lot. Um, I mean, I don't... If I yell or scream on this show, it's usually in jest. But I was very upset as far as pro wrestling results go because this was a guy in Aleister Black who had been built so well and was a winner and never lost. And it's like, you know what? All that deserving title shot stuff... He would have been one that just makes sense whenever you want to do it. And not only did they beat him, they didn't even mention that the guy has never been... The only time he's been beaten in a singles match since NXT, since he left NXT, was a gauntlet match against AJ where he had won two matches right before that. Unreal. Wow. And here's the thing, too. When he lost, I just kept thinking to myself, why did Seth Rollins need that victory? Why? Literally, he just took out someone's eye, and he doesn't need a win after that. So that was my train of thought going into this. And when I saw that he lost, it was just kind of like, okay, Seth Rollins really didn't need it here. I think Aleister Black should have definitely won this for storyline purposes. It would have made a lot more sense. But I will say this, though. I loved the match. I thought it was a really, really hot opener. It was a really good match. Um, on my match ratings that I post, I take booking decisions into consideration here, and that one didn't help it. I was very, very frustrated by that. My God, it was it was just so... Like, they, they had a guy. It was stupid. It was ridiculous. It was a waste. It was a waste. A good match. Uh, Rollins misses the stomp, eats a black mass, and I'm sure some people will say, yeah, but... He had he had Rollins beat until Buddy Murphy ran in and all that stuff. I don't care. I don't care. And you know why I don't care? Like Jeremy Lambert had put about something else. I've watched WWE for longer than ten minutes. I know what a loss means 
to I mean, Gallows and Anderson mentioned it on their show. The people backstage are like, oh, man, they lost. They're jobbers. How can we get them over? They're jobbers. It's so frustrating. It's so well, frustrating. that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. And here's the thing, though, is that, like you just mentioned, Alistair Black is one of those guys that I can say that you can say that the fans had a lot of hope writing on. And he's the guy that you're like, oh, I would love to see him work with Drew McIntyre. And versus we should be there at this point right now, and we're not. And there's really no reason. I mean, this whole Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio storyline, he's sort of been in the shadows of this. And just cunning coming out and getting some, you know, some cheers for helping Ray out and whatnot. But that necessarily hasn't done anything for him. And even prior to that, where he was just having like those, uh, those similar promos each and every single week that just weren't doing anything. And so it kind of felt like things were getting better for him, but it just kind of feels like right now, um, I don't know what's going to happen. And even with like the post-match beatdown, I mean, I thought it was great, but given the fact that he didn't win, it was just kind of like it just didn't work out at all yeah um i was so frustrated by this like just a slam dunk decision and there are fewer things that annoy me more when wrestling is presented with a slam dunk decision and they just waste it and quite frankly alistair black versus seth rollins could have been a SummerSlam match and if you beat alistair black beat him on SummerSlam. so frustrating so frustrating. And then they beat Alistair Black's ass, break his hand. Him being off TV is probably better for him than what they've done with him over the last month. Having him come in there on his on his noble steed and just save the day for Humberto Carrillo. Because, yeah, that's what he's been all about. The guy that used to sit in a, a dark fucking closet for three hours and say, Pick a fight with me. That's what he loves to do. He loves to go out and help Humberto Carrillo. Okay. Dang. And you know what, though? At least during this match, though, I will say this, that obviously the match itself was really good, which I already said, but one of the things that I did like about what Aleister Black brought to it was that he was working this match like he was trying to get vengeance for what happened to Ray, and I thought that added a lot to it. And here's the thing, that that was a good opening match, and the, the problem with Seth is not his matches because his matches yeah. have all been great. It's just that right now, like in terms of like the storyline and everything it's just it felt silly to me it felt sillier talking about the eye for an eye stipulation today after it happened versus before it actually happened and I don't know why but I just kind of felt like oh man like he's coming out here and he's trying to sell this and it's just like not it yeah. just wasn't connecting it felt silly yeah I'll tell you something I did like uh Farouk is on the show we see him backstage, Ron Simmons, talking to MVP and Bobby Lashley, saying, oh, there's another way. And even MVP, the thing I like is MVP, the heel, showed him respect. Because after he walked off, he looked at Bobby Lashley and he said, we'll talk about it. I like that. I like a guy like Ron Simmons getting respect. Because inevitably, when he gets punted in his goddamn head in a few weeks, it will be somebody that has been shown respect on this program. And is someone who commands respect. We also see him talking to Viking Raiders later on. And I love, love Farouk. Love Ron Simmons. Uh, R-Truth is, is great. The thing is, I don't... R-Truth is able to play his role very well, Denise. 
Because the thing yeah, is, either he is. he's clueless or he's really the most clued-in guy there. I don't know if you remember when backstage one time he, he basically lured uh, the Miz, I think it was the Miz or somebody else, into giving him an Intercontinental title shot by playing dumb. And they're like, what are you doing? And he is like, I'm showing you how to get a main event on SmackDown for a title. I love that element of our truth to where you can laugh at him, but there's a lot of times he's the smartest guy in the room. And I loved him here walking around saying, oh, that's a replica belt. That's a replica belt. And MVP's like, no, it's not. It's mine. And he's like, well, it's a replica belt because you're not the champion. I like seeing the layers out of our truth Denise. Yeah, you know what? Every time R-Truth works with anybody. See, here's the thing, too, is that sometimes you're given, like, silly scripts or silly lines to say, right? Oh, boy. But with R-Truth, he knows how to deliver them in a way where it just works and it makes you laugh. Like, I always go to my favorite memory with him and Brock Lesnar. Like, he legit had him cracking up. And I don't think that happens very often. So I really like everything that he's done, R-Truth. And that's I was actually kind of bummed today when he lost the bow. I was kind of like, that's a dirty one that they just did that to our truth And that's the thing, though, that the fans have gotten on his side, and we want to see him as champion. Yeah, and um, MVP is phenomenal on the microphone. He's like, oh, why doesn't the 24-7 champion walk, us, walk with us to the ring? And Truth is like, nope. And they're like, well, we meant this guy. And then Shelton Benjamin shows up and super kicks him. I'm all for that, too. I'm all for a different different approach for the 24-7 title. I'm good with Shelton Benjamin being a part of the Hurt business because I love Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin was my last favorite wrestler, quite frankly. I think that I think that if Shelton's push would have happened these days, if if he would have been in his his young younger years and his prime these days, he probably would have gotten the WWE championship. It wouldn't have been one of those well, we don't know if he can talk kind of things because if you go back and watch some of his promos, you watch some of his skits with Trish Stratus and Vince McMahon uh, that where they parodied, I think, I can't remember what it was, uh, they parodied like the Terry Hatcher show. Um, he, was, he was good at delivering some of this stuff. And I think that he is, he's, he was way better than anybody gave him credit for. So I'm open to seeing him with this title. What did you think about this move? All right, so... I got to say, I think I have different opinions when it comes to this, just because as much as I like Shelton Benjamin and as much as I like MVP, I just really have no interest. Nothing has really made me interested in what they're doing. And the thing is that we went from having MVP as being this mouthpiece that was that was supposed to highlight Bobby Lashley, that was supposed to put him front and center. And now I just kind of feel like the focus has completely shifted and it's all about MVP and so because of that I just have zero interest like at all like I I I rather see our truth as champion and I and I I just think that it's gotten to a point where every time it just they come out I'm like okay well 
what's going to happen now because I rather see something more new. And even when we saw uh, uh, Ricochet and Cedric and Mustafa Ali come out afterwards, I was like, yes, that is what I want to see. I want to see young guys, young talent have a moment, have a spotlight. Just like we're seeing MVP have the spotlight with Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin, I want to see it with guys like Ricochet, Cedric, and Ali. Yeah, I just wanted to see something different because I've seen our truth with the title a billion times and I was ready to move past it. Anakin says, Shelton was awesome with his promos, with his mama. Yeah, that was a ridiculous gimmick that shouldn't have worked, but he was making it work. Reminder, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Denise, these promos. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander cut some of the worst promos. Like, they were so bad. So goddamn bad. It's like... They were dumb and dumber. <laughs> oh, my God. So, MVP calls him dumb and dumber, and Cedric goes, Dumb and dumber? That joke would have worked in 2006 when your career was relevant. And I'm like, man, that movie was 11 years old at that point. Get that? So yeah, it wasn't even relevant then. It wasn't relevant then. It wasn't relevant then. The series had already been killed by by a shitty like prequel. It was it was done. And then MVP says something about humble pie, and Ricochet is like, "We're not going to be the one that's eating humble pie because you are going to get humble pie." Ha <laughs> ha. And I was like, "Oh God, man!" When I hear that level, and here's the thing: I don't know if they wrote the promo. Don't know if a writer wrote the promo. Don't know if they had any input. To me, to me, talking shit is incredibly easy. It's a very easy thing to do. So when I think of two of the most impressive athletes that I've ever seen in wrestling, I don't know if they have that natural ability or not. I've, I've never had a personal conversation with those two. But if they don't, they need to find somebody that does have natural shit-talking ability that can reflect the level of talent in which they have. Because let me tell you, I'm pretty confident in my shit-talking abilities. If I was walking around able to do the things that those two guys, you wouldn't be able to stand me. And some of you can't already. But you would not hear the end of the things I could do. And it would not be, well, ha! I'm going to give you humble pie because I'm not eating humble pie. God! Yeah, that was not good. I think it came, I think it was more of like how they delivered it too, because it kind of came off like you knew what they were trying to get at. You knew what the point and the purpose was. They were trying to obviously make MVP not seem relevant because of the time, whatever, but it just fell short and it was because of the way they delivered it. It sounded goofy. That was the problem. And I think that's sort of been the cop, like what I usually think when it's not like we've been seeing Ricochet have the greatest promos ever. I don't think we've ever said like, oh, Ricochet is just so great on the mic. So I know that the I knew that the second that, that they came out and they had the mic and that they were going to come out and respond to that, I wasn't expecting anything like amazing to have to come to come about from that. Oh man, Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Says Ricochet with the swagger of George McFly. And uh, we also had a super chat from Rob Wilkins that says, When Ali appeared, I was happier than a nun in a cucumber patch. Jesus Christ. 
Man, he says. <laughs> That's really happy. Jesus. He says, give me Ricochet, Cedric, and Ali in a stable. They'll take it away. Sad face. I think that this show should be trios based. I really do. You've got Randy Orton, Andrade, and Garza. You've got Mustafa, Cedric, and Ricochet. You've got the Hurt Business. You got the Viking Raiders and maybe Big Show, whoever the hell they want to throw in there. You've got a lot of good trios there. So I think that, uh, oh man. But I almost feel like if we were to see them as a trio, though, they I feel like every time that happens, you just know they're not going to be taken seriously anymore. Yeah. I, I was glad to see Ali back. There's no hacker gimmick going on right now. They've just abandoned it. That's frustrating because that was one of the more talked about things in WWE. It got as much buzz as anything of late. But I also do think that having Mustafa, Mustafa Ali come into the show was very much needed because, like, he is seriously loved, man. Like, I don't – I've never heard anyone say, oh, I don't like Mustafa Ali. And this is one of the things that I was talking about, like, a few weeks back was that we need we need more faces on Raw. We keep seeing the same people over and over again doing the same thing. And so even just having Mustafa Ali come in and join up with Ricochet and Cedric, even that seems a little bit refreshing. Refreshing, but I don't see them be if they were to be paired come be be brought together as a trio. I don't see them going anywhere with it. I see I it either. just sort of becoming as just something that ends up being forgotten about, or you just see them in random matches here and there. And I wish they would just say Mustafa Ali's SmackDown contract expired and he signed with Raw. Just make sense of it. Don't just have him. By the way, this was his first match on TV this year. If you believe that. First match in 2020. I saw your tweet, and then I right away I was like, wait, we are in July. It mm-hmm. has been uh, almost half a year. Has or been half, half a year. year. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Half a year, and this is his first singles match. That was kind of insane to me, but at the same time, I think we've been so distracted with like everything else that's been going on. That's why I didn't even realize it, but kind of like having that fact inside of my head, it was kind of mind-blowing. And they just the thing is they immediately put him back in the mid card. At least they had him win. Uh, he got an insane hot tag and suicide dive. Ricochet got worked over the majority of this match, but those promos took me out of it hard. Lashley is feeling kind of special again, though, so I like that. Like he feels like a big bad son of a bitch, and I like that. Ed Call says WWTLC trios, ladders, and chairs. I would love that. I would love that. But Denise. You're not going to eat humble pie. I mean, I'm not going to eat humble pie. Huh? Uh, Are you going to eat humble pie? I don't want humble pie. No. I know you don't want humble pie because you want magic spoon. Yes, I do. Everybody wants magic spoon. It's way better for you than humble pie or really any kind of pie. Growing up, cereal was one of my favorite parts of being a kid. I'd grab my bowl. I'd eat like nine bowls in a row watching my Saturday morning cartoons or even coming home from school and watching X-Men and Spider-Man, all the goats on Fox. I'd just chomp through that cereal. And even when I eat cereal today, that's what I do. I go bowl after bowl after bowl, but not anymore thanks to Magic Spoon. This stuff fills you up. I've been trying to cut on cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy foods, but if you've got cereal in the habit, it's not so easy to do. 
until you get Magic Spoon. Zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving, and the variety pack that I always order has cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. It's too good to be true, but it is true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, which I find very important, low-carb, GMO-free. My favorite is the cocoa, but that frosted is hot on its trails, hot on its tails, whatever the saying may be. I love Magic Spoon. I can eat cereal. I don't feel guilty about it. And like I said, it fills me up. One serving size, one bowl. Go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful, grab a variety pack, and try it today. Use that code Fightful at checkout to get free shipping. I always have people say, oh, what's it like? Is it worth the price? Yes, because it goes a lot farther than regular cereal. That's my favorite part about it. I'll buy a variety pack, and it lasts me. It probably The variety pack of four probably lasts me about as long as like 12 boxes of regular cereal because of the rate in which I eat it. I love this stuff. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Use that code. Hit them up at Eat Magic Spoon on Twitter. Let them know that you heard about them from us. Eloquent sends a super chat and says, What did you think of the Good Brothers podcast? Did you watch that, Denise? I did not watch that. What did I miss? Was it really good? Yes, it was. Um, yes, it was. And I'm hoping to talk to them very soon. There are some things, a lot of things, really, I wanted answered that weren't answered. But um, they talked at length about the WWE deal. Like, they had heat with AEW, and still do, because for, like, months and months and months, AEW thought they were coming in. AEW built the Dynamite debut around them, and then they just didn't come in. Triple H said to Carl Anderson, Man, when I when I look at you, I see your kids... And I just think, man, what if AEW isn't there? What if AEW doesn't work out? Then they got fired. That's I did scummy. see I did see those those quotes about the about the podcast. And I see at the same time, I see it a little bit differently too. I mean, I get it. I get in that moment you're saying like Hey, what if they don't last? Yeah, that's legitimate because you don't know. You don't know if a company is ever going to last. You can't necessarily just say like, oh, yeah, they're going to last. You don't know that. So I do see. Yeah. So I do see his perspective during that moment. And uh, based on them getting released afterwards, it sucks big time. But I mean, based on what I've heard, it wasn't like a decision that Triple H made. So it's kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really icky situation, but yeah, I was reading those quotes and I, I, I felt bad, but at the same time, I started thinking to myself, like maybe, you know, they always say when one door closes, another one opens, and maybe it was meant to be for the better. And this is the thing too, is that after watching Slammiversary, I just kept thinking to myself, man, Impact is literally is going to reap the best rewards out of all of every out of everybody. They are. They are really making the most out of these releases and really uh, moving forward with that. So I think that it's going to work in the end for Impact especially. And they needed it. They needed a new, fresh crop of talent. They did, and they got it. Impact got it big time. Check out our Slammiversary post show that we did with Steven Jensen. It's a good one. But, um, I mean, they also talked about catching Paul Heyman basically in a lie. And that's what led to AJ having heat with him. Like, Paul Heyman they feel could have kept him off the chopping block, and AJ was not happy, 
and he hit the bricks. Now, here's the funny thing. AJ left Raw like two weeks before they fired Paul Heyman. And now Raw's got a dastardly shortage of of heels. It's it's rough. It's rough. Um, Azo Smith says, Looks like my super chat last night about authority figures rang true. Although, honestly, I should have seen it being the one woman that invented wrestling, invented women's wrestling. The greatest of all time, Stephanie. Let's talk about that. Uh, we get Sasha and Bailey coming out to the ring. Sasha says that Asuka was actually handed the women's championship, which she does have a point, kind of, from a heel perspective. But there was no official around, so Bailey counted the pin for her. Kabuki Warriors interrupt, and then Stephanie interrupts, the inventor of women's wrestling herself. And she says, next week, Sasha versus Asuka for the title. You can lose via pinfall, countout, DQ. She didn't say that that vacated the title or anything. Uh, and da- the Dallas fan, 1982, said, so since Asuka wasn't pinned or submitted, uh, shouldn't she retain her title? Well, I don't think they have stripped her of the title, so to speak. They never mentioned that. They didn't say vacated. They didn't say stripped of a title. So I, I, I think it's just a no contest. Is that how you're taking this, Denise? See, when now that that point is brought up, I do think that in terms of holding the bout, it should be Asuka. Because, yes. because Stephanie said, Sasha, you didn't win it, but neither did Asuka. But Asuka was already the champion. So with those key words, Asuka should technically be holding the belt right now instead of Sasha Banks. But obviously, we're not going to see that happen. Uh, But in terms of having Stephanie McMahon come out, I thought that that was obviously the best way to go about it. Because I know, like, even during the post-show review that I was doing, everybody was wondering, like, you know, considering that we don't have an official Raw GM right now, like, how is this decision going to be brought upon? How is it going to be made? So having Stephanie come out and do this, like, yeah, it worked. But at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, well... You know, now we're seeing this match again when in reality we could have just had a proper finish at the pay-per-view. So I know a lot of people are – some people are seeing it differently. Some people are seeing it as, okay, so that didn't count, whatever. But now people are seeing it as, okay, well, at least we get to see this match again. And at yeah. Extreme Rules, they knocked it out of the park. That I'm not going to complain seeing them wrestle again. Uh, the only thing that I hated was that shitty finish. And – Quite frankly, these days, they're, they're balancing, I think, pay-per-view and TV very well. You've got the non-sanctioned match tonight on TV. You've got the bar fight, as stupid as it is, on, on SmackDown. You've got Asuka and Sasha on Raw. You've got uh, a title match, a world title match next week on Raw for the WWE title. They're building next week's Raw up already. I mean, Drew and Dolph for the title after the banger they had last night. Sasha and Asuka, I mean, it does make you wonder why the hell did you watch the pay-per-view. But, I mean, they, they're doing a pretty good pretty good uh, job. Colt Bedeau says, couldn't Asuka just walk over to Sasha and take her belt? I mean, that's the thing. You would you would think so, Denise. They could have had a tug of war, man. Like, oh, think about God. it. Like, it's my bout. No, it's my mean. It would have, would have looked pretty pretty weird. But what I mean, think about it. If somebody has something that's yours and belongs to you, and you think it belongs to you, wouldn't you go out and try to get it back? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, reminder, guys, donate a super chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. But subscribe over here. 
And I want to take this time to tell you guys to go over and subscribe to youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. Starting in August, that whole channel and really all of Fightful MMA is going to be completely reinvigorated. We've hired Shaquille Missouri to take things over. Uh, I have not been able to give MMA the attention that it deserves on this site. And we could have very well just cut our losses and packed up the MMA section. But we don't want to do that. We want to make our presence felt in the MMA world. So uh, Shaquille Majuri is joining us. He's going to lead that charge. I still will be contributing. Over. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply for there so check that out and I know some of you when you go to Fightful you're like oh I don't want MMA stories or I don't want wrestling stories we have FightfulWrestling.com we have FightfulMMA.com go there bookmark those pages you can get specifically wrestling specifically MMA we've got notifications that you can get as well we make it very easy for you make sure you check it out well we checked out Kyrie versus Bailey. This reportedly was Kyrie's last WWE match, and she is going to be missed. And there were, let me tell you, based on what I know, WWE was fully aware that they're probably going to lose her. But they were trying to do about anything they could to get her to not wrestle anywhere else. Uh, a lot of things were pitched for her. Ambassadors, schools, a lot, there were a lot of discussions that were had. This match, okay, there were two spots that I loathed. You know, the Del Rio spot where Bailey's got to hold herself up and then where she's got to balance herself. If those two spots were not in this match, I would have sit back, been sitting there saying, man, this, this was as good as maybe Sasha and Asuka last night. It ruled so much. Uh, Kyrie played all her hits, all her hits, and then ended up winning after Bailey did the Bailey to back and the flying elbow. That back fist was good. The insane elbow was good. This was such a good farewell, if it was a farewell to Kyrie Sane. Yeah, I I really hope it wasn't a farewell. And this is because of what we've been seeing from her the last several weeks since she returned back. We've been seeing her just, you know, have her spotlight in the ring. Obviously not as big as Asuka, but still a spotlight. And so I don't want her to go away. But, I mean, obviously that's not our decision to make. But overall, I thought that the match was a lot longer than I expected it to be. Yeah. To be honest, I actually thought that we were going to see Bailey win this match just because based on what we saw earlier I was like all right well we're probably gonna have Bailey win this match but uh halfway through the match I was like man we need to see Kyrie Sane win this not only because she needs a win but because you know of everything else that's been circulating and talked about her so I thought the match was pretty
pretty solid. I enjoyed it, and I was really, really happy when she won. And you can tell she had, like, that facial reaction. Like, if you were reading her emotions, you can tell there was something else going behind behind her eyes. You can tell that she was thinking something different. So, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, she's so good. She's so good. Azo Smith says, I could see this playing out as Bailey attacking Sasha, making people she's turned on her, or making people think she's turned on her, but actually helping her win due to the title changing hands on interference. Also, Bailey and uh, the backhands. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Stephanie just alluded to Bailey getting involved at all. She's like, Bailey cannot get involved at all. So I think if that happens, they'll, I think they, they, Stephanie was vague enough to give them an out there. That way Bailey couldn't just run in and punch Sasha and be like, oh, well, look, DQ. She straight up was like, listen, a certain golden role model cannot get involved in this. I think they covered that base pretty well. Yeah, I think so, too. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm honestly curious as to what they're going to do because I don't I don't have a solid answer in terms of who I think is going to win and how they're going to carry how they're going to carry on with the Sasha with the Sasha Bailey feud. I have no idea how that's going to go ahead and finally actually have that little explosion that we've all been waiting for. I don't know. Hannah Moore says, did someone just learn the term vested interest? How many times can you say that in one interview? That's because Shayna Baszler was backstage watching this match, and apparently she has an interest in vests, Denise, based on this interview. I thought she had an interest in sharks. That's what I got from this interview. (laughs) Man, they... I'm just glad to see Shayna back. I'll say that. I'm glad to see Shayna back for the love of God. I'm so glad she's back. Woof. But I... You know what? We have been seeing her do a lot more since she came back. Well, not really a lot more, but we've at least we've at least had this incorporation of her. Sure. We we could have easily not seen her today is what I'm trying to say, but we were able to see her and she was, you know, keeping an eye out on this match. And obviously, we want to see more with Shayna, but I think that because of the way people have been reacting to her not being used and her missing for several weeks, I think we might actually finally see something happen with Shayna. So that's just my gut feeling. I didn't like the whole shark line. I thought that was a little funny, but I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Anakin and J or Anakin JMT says, agree with Denise and AEW, the Good Brothers might have got lost in the shuffle with the depth of the division, but at impact, they can be at the top. Yeah, I agree. I mentioned that on uh, on the Impact show, too, that... The North won the titles when it was Lucha Brothers and LAX and all these teams. And for the last year, there haven't been great teams. It's just wild that now that they're losing them, it's when Motor City Machine Guns and Heath Slater and Rhino and the Good Brothers are going to be in there. It's yeah, wild. and I was disappointed, too, because LAX has been my favorite tag team for a really, really long time. And I remember watching them work against the Lucha Brothers on so many Impact pay-per-views. And I just thought, man, like, they put on some hell of a ma- some hell of matches, you know. And so when they left, I was very disappointed because I felt that there was a big chunk missing from Impact. And I thought that they were part of that. Yeah. Reminder, leave us a thumbs up, guys. That stuff really helps. Anakin says, Denise, can I be the Louis Spicoli of the DWO if you're Hulk Hogan? She doesn't know who Louis Spicoli is. Come on, she's a youngin. You don't know who Rad Radford is. You don't know who Madonna's boyfriend is. 
you casual. Man, just, you just casual. Throw me, just throw me under the bus, man. <laughs> man, well. You know what? I will accept it. As long as you want to be part of DWO, you can come on over. Oh I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to be mean. My God. Well, Bianca Belair's backstage. She cuts a good promo to remind us what the EST of WWE is. And she's got to remind us because she ain't been on TV in four months. And WWE has the lazy est booking. And that's why Bianca hasn't been on TV. Peyton Royce and Ruby Riot show up to interrupt the promo. Billy Kay is not there. So Ruby Riot beats Peyton Royce in a match. It's a fine match. It's quick. Uh, there's... The little the tarantula that Peyton does, and she screams at Ruby that she's a loser, and I'm like, why are you yelling? Everybody can hear you already. Just talk. But there's a weird-looking jumping kick, but then uh, Peyton misses a, a dive, and Ruby hits a riot kick, and she's very much like, oh, I can't believe I won a match type of thing. And to me, I've always looked at Ruby Riot as a credible type of, like, all it takes is them heating her up a little bit. And they make right. her look like such just, I'm so happy to be here. And I'm like, that doesn't really fit her. I wasn't expecting that reaction from her at all. I would expect it from somebody else, but not her. Her That's not her style at all. She's supposed to be like this edgy, cool chick that if she won, she would have been like, yeah, like have a different sort of reaction. Um, I was and, and surprised I, that I she get it. Won. She hasn't won. But the thing is... Ah, man. Ah, so I didn't like the match, though. I will say that. I was pretty bored throughout this match. I, I really didn't care. At some point, I thought, okay, well, let's just have Ruby Riot's going to lose, move on from there. And then when she won, the only thing that stuck out in my mind was her reaction afterwards. Uh, yeah, guys, by the way, while we're talking about this match, send your love to um, Casey Michael of Squared Circle Sirens. He's been in and out of the hospital, and he is one of the best reporters like period like he has there he ha, he is connected to the pc unlike about anybody else has been and i want you all to send your love to him uh friend of friend of mine and just an all-around good dude but uh the ruby thing ugh. it's like okay i'm glad she won i'm fine but i i would have rather her been like about time instead of i can't believe i won <laughs> but yeah there we go street profits interrupt an interview and attack uh, angel garza and andrade and we get a pretty damn good match here angel garza uses this great stockade hold uh which is is a really good like hold submission that he can taunt an opponent with montez gets a, a tag and goes 100 miles an hour like leapfrog leapfrog drop kick flips up tope con hilo and that wasn't the most impressive thing he did by a mile. Uh, there was a weird-looking Andrade back body drop suplex thing, but whatever, it's effective. Angelo does a great series of T-bone suplexes. But let's be real. We're here to talk about one thing, Denise. We're here to talk about the maybe the greatest frog splash in the history of wrestling. It felt like it was in slow motion. When I first saw him do it, it was like, okay, he went up. And I every time he goes for it, I always think, okay, is he going to go that much higher than the time before? And then this time, when he did that, like, twist, I was like, what on earth did I just see? I don't know what I saw, but that was freaking awesome. And even, like, the camera angle, 
it almost looks like he just went so high up like he he could touch the ceiling obviously yes. he didn't but it, it looked it looked that impressive from the camera perspective that we got from that and i i loved it i saw like 15 replays of it on social media and i was like this is cool shady highly t says best frog splash ever i'm inclined to think so and i am a frog splash enthusiast rob van dam art bar D'Lo brown uh eddie guerrero seen some great ones art bar personally had my favorite uh before this this was incredible because like here's the thing you can get really high and you can do the turnaround rob van dam used to do the turnaround pretty often but i've never seen somebody get that high on one period I've never seen a frog splash get that high, and I've also never seen the 180 with it. It was unbelievable. It was special. I was like, wow, I'm watching something. That's that's kind of what I want to see on an episode of Raw. If this were a two-hour episode of Raw and I got to see that frog splash, I would have been satisfied with just that. If the rest was drivel, I would be like, man, I got to see the greatest frog splash of all time. That's cool. And, and that's the thing about Street Profits, too, is that if you notice, every time they come in or or it's like a big moment or whatever it is, they always go that extra mile. Like, you never see them say, like, yeah, you know what? There's no audience here, so I'm just going to, you know, half-ass it. No, like, they're always hyped, like, if they're sold out in Madison Square Garden or something. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Really like this. Don't know why this wasn't a tag title match. Like... Why, why not? Why not add stakes to this match? Why not make this a tag title match if the Street Profits are going to win anyway? I'd rather Angel Garza and Andrade lose in a title match than just lose in a non-title match, and at least this would have more stakes to it. Yeah, no arguments there. I definitely think so, especially, like you said, if they're going to win, then might as well go for it. And uh, honestly, all due respect to Rey Mysterio and Sasha Banks, I know they do frog splashes in honor of Eddie Guerrero. Put it, put it on the shelf for a little while. You've done it enough. Just let it be Montez's move. Uh, Zelina goes off on Andrade and Garza for losing backstage. Sucks to suck, I guess. Drew McIntyre comes out and says that Dolph Ziggler almost got him, but almost getting it is the story of Dolph's career. Damn! That was a pretty solid burn. I hated all of this. Really? I was not a fan of this entire segment. I liked one part, one part, and that was when Dolph, uh, when Drew McIntyre told Dolph Ziggler to bugger off. That was yeah. it. But when Dolph Ziggler was begging for, okay, so first of all, Drew McIntyre says that he wants a worthy opponent, and I'm thinking, yeah, we all want that worthy opponent for you, right? And then in that moment, like right away, the music hits, Dolph Ziggler comes out. And I'm thinking, no, not again. And then afterwards, when he's begging Drew for a rematch and he's telling him, you pick the stipulation and he's doing all of that. I'm just thinking, God, please don't say yes. Please don't say yes. Come up with something else. Come up with something else. But nope, we got a rematch. And you know that Will Smith picture that's going around where he's like all sad and depressed? Yeah. That was me during this moment, all right? That was me. Zero interest. I was out on this one. So I am too, uh, I guess. Here's the thing. It's for a match next week. You're not going to have weeks and weeks of build. So I was like, all right. And I love the line. But to me, 
I hate it when when Drew came out and said, "Ah, oh, I'm going to face a worthy challenger," because you know how I felt about him saying that months ago. Because so far, his worthy challengers have been Big Show coming off of a hiatus, Rollins off a WrestleMania loss, Ziggler for just showing up, and Ziggler after he lost. The one that they tried to make worthy was Bobby Lashley. And they tried for a month. That's it. They had him lose at WrestleMania, by the way, to Aleister freaking Black. He lost to Aleister freaking Black, who never got a title shot before he lost. Then they were like, oh, shit, we got to heat him up. Gender got hurt. We got to heat some people up. Frustrating. Very frustrating. Now, go ahead. I just feel like I can think, like, right off the top of my head, I can think of different people for him to be working against. Like, even somebody like, okay, obviously we already mentioned Aleister Black. You have Andrade. Like, there are options. It doesn't have to be Dolph Ziggler. And I was already, like, I was like, okay, yeah. Their match at Extreme Rules, it wasn't bad. I'm not going to say that it was bad or anything like that, but I went in with very low expectations, so that's why it was not bad. But I just, I really wasn't feeling this at all. I wasn't a fan. To me, I'm okay with it. I know Dolph's not going to win next week, but I knew he wasn't going to win last night either, and I thought it was match of the night because they they tore the house down. It was really, really great. But Ziggler says he wants a rematch. Drew tells him to bugger off and headbutts him. But Ziggler begs him and says Drew can choose a stipulation, the time, and the place. But Drew says he's going to do the same thing and tell him right before the match. Uh, <laughs> J.K. Schwal 03 sends a super chat. says, kudos to the guy who screamed, eye for an eye! Let's- I love that. I love that. That was so great. I was like, I want to be friends with that guy. That popped me too. Because, I mean, that is a, a wrestler from NXT that did that. They had to know they're probably going to get some shit for it. And it was funny as hell. I love that. It was funny, that. too, because the thing about that is that that's something that you would hear from, like, a rowdy, drunk fan in the <laughs> yes. audience. Like, that was a legit response that you would hear if you were at a Raw show. Yes. Honestly. So I think that the fact that he even said that, it kind of threw us off guard because it's not what was expected of them to do. Yes, exactly. Ed Call says, how did it take two, WWE two hours to acknowledge Drew? I don't have a problem with that. It was his spot on the show. They they waited until late into the show. I'm fine with that. But, um, yeah, I can't remember if they had anything about him at in the, in the opening spot. But I'm okay with this. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. I actually thought that it took a while for them to mention the whole Sasha thing. Yeah. There's no Ric Flair here tonight. His wife has COVID. Uh, best wishes to her. Hoping Ric Flair stays stay safe. Randy Orton's backstage and he talks about the defining moments of his career and says that he's making his now, that he loves killing legends. Let me tell you, this was a lot better than Big Show's promo, Denise. I feel so bad. He talks so much that if you told me, Denise, recite one sentence from that, I can't even give you one sentence. It was just kind of like so many words that you can't even remember anything. Boy, boy, was this rough. Uh, What did Big Show even say? He said something like, well, me and Randy, we were were friends and called ourselves the, the hammer and chisel. I was the hammer and he was the chisel. And I'm like, listen, first off, that's lame, Denise. That's lame. Because when you use BlueChew.com code Fightful, 
You can be the hammer and the chisel, if you know what I'm saying. You can... You can erect a few things with that hammer and chisel, if you know what I'm saying. Thanks to BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. Who boy. Same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work a lot better. They're faster, and they're cheaper, my friends. It's a chewable, so it can get into your system a lot faster than those ones that I mentioned. Take it on a full stomach, empty stomach. It's ready when you are. Even if you're traveling up and down that road, don't don't resort to choke slamming yourself. If you know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying, Denise? No, I don't get that one. I is it a man thing? It I didn't get sure that is. It sure right. is. Sorry, that one went over my head on there. Okay, well, hey, hey. You can get this stuff shipped straight to your home discreetly. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to go to the doctor's office because Blue Chew works with their affiliated physicians to find out what active ingredient you need. It's not about having a problem. It's about having good performance. That's and even though under or Orton and Big Show did an unsanctioned match, we do not tolerate that. Make sure there's sanctioning. Make sure there's consent. All that is important when you're using BlueChew.com code Fightful. Get your first shipment free when you use that. Hit them up at BlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Azo Smith uh, says, Drew still has a worthy challenger, the one woman in history to defeat the WWE champion and stood up to the psychopath, the boss, Sasha Banks. Three belts. Like I, I appreciate Azo for donating a super chat just to troll about that. Yeah. Rob Wilkins says, "Curious, do you think a babyface Brock makes WWE money?" Yeah, I do. I think a babyface Brock. If you here's the thing, you got to have a series of heels big enough and bad enough for him to go against, and WWE is miserable at making them. But I think that a babyface Brock could make them a lot of money. Dude, I'm a big fan of Brock Lesnar, and I know yeah. people have complicated, different of opinions towards him, but I just like seeing Brock Lesnar in any sort of capacity. But even, okay, but here's the thing, though. If we were to see Babyface Brock, that'd be great because, like I mentioned earlier, we've seen him have some funny moments, and when he has those moments, there's something about him that just, like, immediately connects to the audience. Like, it's, it's lovable and it's funny because you don't really associate him as being, like, those jolly guys that crack jokes, yeah. you know, based on his character. So when he sort of gives you that extra element it's very lovable and you like want to be friends with brock lesnar yeah uh what did you think of the christian interview via skype i could barely hear him it was very it was very serious i was just kind of like okay i didn't expect it i thought it was a little bit i thought it was a little bit dull i didn't really care for it like i can't even say like oh it was a highlight or what he said was amazing or anything like that i kind of it kind of felt flat to me so we got the match. Um, I thought it was a fun match. thought it was a fun match. Big Show chops and spears Orton heavy. And then Garza and Andrade showed up. And to be honest, I kind of forgot about their alliance that they had. And I'm still all for it. Because those, let, let's be honest, WWE loves to mix up three people 
of the same race. They love doing that. That's their go-to. I mean, for the love of God, they did a whole series of stables, the Nation of Domination, Los Bariquas, DX. They they even had their their like pseudo racist biker stable for a while. Like they love doing that. So putting Orton with Andrade and Garza, if they do, I really like. Uh Viking Raiders made the save. That's pretty cool. What do you think of Andrade, uh, Garza, and Orton? All right. So I like them when we, they had that match together. I thought that was pretty cool. So, I mean, I just I just love everything that they've been doing with Andrade and Angel Garza. And every single part that they have been incorporated has really, really gone over well with me. And, like, I, I want to see more, honestly. Yeah. I, I dug this match. Big Show misses a punch. He missed the Vader bomb through the table. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been, have had Big Show kick out an RKO, but they did. And Orton beats Show with a chair, his draping DDT, and gets the win with an RKO. I thought that this match, okay, so there was a lot of impressive moments. And I got to say, man, kudos to the Big Show because he took some sick spots during this match. Um, I thought it was it looked pretty impressive when uh, when Randy Orton drop kicked him and he fell to his knees. I thought that looked pretty cool. Obviously, when he went through the table, I mean, just seeing Big Show go through a table, like no matter what, that is going to look cool. It's going to be impressive. I thought that it wasn't a bad Raw main event at all. And here's the thing, though. I think the last several weeks, all Raw main events have been really good, and they've been pretty unique. They felt special. And so I actually thought that they've been keeping this continuation really well. So I enjoyed it, and I thought that I thought that the punt at the end looks sick. Like, it looked really, really good. So I just got to say, like, I think Big Show did a really good job of selling all of that. I really believe that if WWE kept a similar format but did a two-hour show, they would have really good to great episodes of Raw almost every week. They wouldn't have to redo a bunch of stuff. They wouldn't have to – I mean, if people took breaks, that would be normal. You you wouldn't be able to fit everybody in your show. So Ali taking off a few months, that's okay – not everybody has to be around all the time. I see stuff like this, and I'm like, well, I know that if Raw was two hours, this match would have been three minutes. Or right. or another match would have been 30 seconds. Because like, that's just the way they did it. When they first introduced three-hour Raws, we were in the middle of The Shield. Like, like The Shield showed up not long after that. Maybe it was uh, 2011 when they did it. But you also had CM Punk around then. You had Alberto Yeah. Alberto Del Rio, you had The Shield emerging, Daniel Bryan, you had all these workers that were finally getting to have long matches. And to me, the novelty of just having good long matches is gone. This was the right amount of story and the right amount of length to it. Orton punted the shit out of Big Show. See you later, bro. That was good. Yeah, that was I liked a good closer. it. David Dyker says, hello from Netherland. Been enjoying your content for a while. This is the first time actually supporting you. Long live waking up early. Having a nice evening and hoping, I hope Raw was decent. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much for doing that. Those super chats go a long way. Uh, we didn't even really do super chats like a year ago. So thank you guys that, that support us in that regard. Uh, Rob Bookin says, face Lesnar versus La- heel Lashley and the Hurt Business is amazing. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think Brock's would win that easily, but it would be a lot of fun, Denise. That would be really good, and I like the combination of that because it would be totally opposite from what we've been seeing, so yeah. I like that. 
Leave us a thumbs up, guys. Get us over 100 likes here as we're live. Azo Smith says, you're welcome, Sean and Denise. I'm here all week for this excellent channel, and it's consistently great content. Hey, I appreciate you a ton for saying that. It means a lot, and especially that you super chatted that. That was very awesome. TJ Ridgeway says, I feel like Ford is going to do a full 360 mid-splash one day. I, I See, I don't know if it's physically possible to do a f- – because the thing is you can do like a 360 twirl, but I don't know if he can physically get all the way around. But if anybody can, I feel like it's him, Denise. You know what? I have seen a lot of things that I just thought were physically impossible. So I think at this point with the level of athleticism that we've been seeing throughout pretty much every single promotion, I mean, it has stepped up. I don't exclude anything as being a possibility anymore. Yeah. Uh, this isn't a super chat, but it's a brilliant idea from Adrian Gray. He says, oh shit, Shelton in the Hurt business. What if he tries to recruit Brock and Brock turns them down and starts a feud? That is a really good way to fire that off where MVP's like, hey man, put in a good word. And then it's revealed later that's really the reason MVP wanted Shelton Benjamin. He wanted Shelton Benjamin because he thought it was an end for Brock Lesnar. And, yeah, I would I would like to see that. That sounds fun. All these ideas. I'm missing Brock now. Yeah. Carter Bromelli says, here for your guy, or here for your appearances on Quizzlemania. It worked like a great Fightful ad. Wondering how you think they can keep Orton hot until Edge comes back. They seem to fizzle out good things too quick. Hey, right now, Denise, I'm okay with him doing three, four-week feuds and killing Legend after Legend after Legend. His promos are good. And I'm just like, okay, I know what's going to happen, but I like it. I don't think Orton is going to fizzle out anytime soon because it seems to me that he is he's he's on a roller coaster right now and it's just keep going it's just going up and up right now. So I can't see it dying down soon. If anything, I see it picking up some steam. I think a good heel move since Ray lost is you have Ray come back. If if Ray's leaving cuz he's working without a deal. He shows up and he says, "Oh, I'll have I'll have my recovery. No, he won't, because Randy Orton's going to punt him in the head. And that's a wrap. I wonder how long he'll be gone for, Rey Mysterio, if if he decides to come back. Yeah, who knows? But, guys, thank you all so much. Make sure you leave a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook. I'm trying to push that a lot more. Facebook.com slash Fightful Online. But, Denise, tell the people where they can find you. All right, as you guys know, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I am about 1,300 subscribers away from hitting 30K. So I can't wait to say that I'm a 30K channel. So I'm really excited to go there. I actually just uploaded a new interview for today. I talked to MLW star Selena De La Renta. Go check that out because we talked about her early career, why she even got started in wrestling in the first place, her family's reaction, what it's like being a woman and a Latina, you know, in wrestling. And all the things that she, all the things that she's done, and some of her goals, which I thought were pretty interesting. Some of the things that she said there on as well. Plus, we did the lightning round game, which is always really fun. So check that interview out. And um, yeah, I have some more stuff planned out. So hopefully, they all come to fruition. So YouTube.com/slash Denise Salcedo, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Thank you guys so much. Denise is back on the list, and your girl this week, Jimmy, will be back soon. We're out. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.